Don't test my Spanish, that's all I know. <laughs> that's all I know too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. I know other random words, but nothing that I could actually piece together into a useful sentence. I know I know foods. I can say enchilada and burrito, that's about it. Yeah. Doesn't I learned my far. Spanish from uh, Adam Sandler CD in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. that's, I learned that's I remember that my Spanish from uh, Oh, really? Donde de este de casa de Pepe. <laughs> Where's the house of pee I have to go? I, I had forgotten all about that. That's amazing. Yeah, my dad showed me that when I was like seven. That's still one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, there we go. Okay, we are recording now, by the way. I got it back. Oh, excellent. Good. I'm keeping it all in. Uh, I didn't say anything too embarrassing, did I? No, absolutely Uh, Oh, don't worry. We'll embarrass ourselves just fine. We do get enough job by ourselves. It's okay. Excellent. Okay, guys, so welcome to another episode of The Happy Haven. We have Mr. Jeremy Simser, right? Yes, hello. All right. I I don't like last names I don't know already. It just occurred to me that's probably the first time you've actually said it out loud, right? Pretty much. Yes. And you hail from the Great White North, am I wrong? I uh, know you are right. I am uh, currently living in Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know anybody named Gordo who likes to go to the Tim Hortons? Uh, I know about six Gordos who like to go to the Timmy's. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we have Jeremy Simpson on, and you do storyboard and art for which shows, just so it can break my brain to hear it out loud. <laughs> uh, I am the uh, the regular storyboard artist in Vancouver for uh, The Flash oh. uh, and, and Supergirl. Oh, uh, I did the I did every episode of the first season of Legends of Tomorrow. I uh, did fewer of those uh, this year because uh, Supergirl kind of took its place. Uh, and then I also did a, little, a couple episodes of Arrow uh, in the season three, I guess it was. Ooh. And then yeah. for Steps, I uh, saw something about the Man in the High Castle. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, I did. Uh, I think three episodes of season two for the Man in the High Castle. Yeah, I'm just getting ready yeah. to start season two. <laughs> One of my favorite shows right now. When I season one was fantastic. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen season two yet. I haven't actually seen the stuff that I worked on yet. <laughs> I should probably get on that. But yeah, and that was going to be my first question. So like, and and we do it informal. It's not going to be like a press interview. But I I just the curiosity peaked when I saw it. So as a storyboarder, what does that entail? Uh, essentially, what I do is uh, I draw. Uh, in sort of simple terms, uh, a comic book of the movie uh, or a film or TV show uh, that I'm good, that's going to get shot. So visual representation of what will be filmed, essentially. So uh, I sit down with the director <clears throat> with the script, uh, and it's pretty much the director's game. So I mean, I, I essentially they they tell me what uh, they want me to draw. Uh, I go away and I I draw it, and it's pretty much um, like each frame that I draw is pretty much represented by a cut in in the film, um, or or maybe like a decisive action that happens that I need to illustrate over more than one frame. Uh, but essentially, it's a tool so that people can can look at my pictures, get a visual representation of what uh, is going to get shot that day, so that the director doesn't have to use words to explain it. That's that's the the simple answer. 
Awesome. Follow-up question. Does Barry figure out how to rescue... (laughs) (laughs) Did you jump right into it? Oh, man, you almost got me there. (laughs) If only you would have just answered. That would have been awesome. Yeah, if I'd have just been right on it. Oh, wait. Um, I know all the answers. I can't can't say anything, obviously, but, yeah, I know everything. So, when Barry saves Iris from Savitar, what was it like drawing that? I have no comment. Ah! <laughs> I can't comment one way or the other. Do not read I anything tried. into what I just said. <laughs> Dude, that is the coolest job description I've heard in a long time, honestly. It's, it's yeah. pretty great. Like, I mean, for me, like, I started off wanting to draw comic books, right? And so you kind of, as you, as you sort of start to put some missions in and stuff and get rejection letters back and <laughs> start to right. look, look for other things to, to do uh, to make money that are sort of along the same lines as what you want to do. Uh, storyboarding actually kind of makes a lot of sense, right? And I, I can draw well and I can draw fast, so uh, it sort of seemed like a logical sort of direction for me to go in. Um, and then, you know, 20 years later, <laughs> I forgot that I wanted to draw comic books uh, until just recently, so there you go. Any uh, Are you- future into getting into drawing comic books? Yeah, actually, my uh, my uh, my current uh, my time right now is actually being spent putting a pitch together by something uh, something that uh, a writer friend of mine, uh, who is also my uh, podcast co-host, uh, Ace the Cloak, uh, <laughs> is the name of the podcast. Um, uh, we're putting something together. We're going to start shopping around. Uh, I should have uh, pitch like five pitch pages for that drawn up. Uh, hopefully by the end of next week. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And you've worked on so many movies and TV shows. Honestly, some of my favorites. Just, just I was looking through it right before we got on to refresh here, and like Jumper, absolutely love Jumper. Resident Evil Apocalypse, and then of course all the CW shows. But you did uh, Heroes Reborn. You did a couple episodes for that. <gasps> what? I did. Yeah, I totally did. I uh, I did the pilot for that actually. Uh, which was like the, the reboot of the hero show, and uh, that was that was great. I mean, that was good fun. Uh, that was when I was still back in Toronto and uh, actually literally driving a forklift uh, because Toronto's a weird market for storyboard artists. Uh, not enough to sort of keep everybody busy, so I was driving a forklift for a while and uh, got a call to do that. Uh, like literally uh, about a week after I decided that I was going to leave Toronto and move to Vancouver to give it a go out here. And so I stayed there for a little bit longer to do Heroes before coming out here. That's amazing. Cool. Were you a fan <clears throat> of the original series? Uh, the first season of Heroes was fantastic, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Siler uh, uh, was a great villain. Everybody's stories just sort of made really great sense and coming together at the end. And then the, the season finale was a little bit weak in my in my eyes, mm-hmm. I think because rather than finishing it up the way that they should have, they had to continue on into the next season, and that's where it sort of started to fall apart for me. Um, and I was yeah. a fan of the, of the reboot, actually. I thought they did a pretty good job of it. Yeah, yeah my youngest daughter devoured that season with me, that Heroes Reborn. Like, she got super into it. Cool. And Yeah, so we watched that one together. It was really good. Yeah, it was sort of nice to see some of those characters uh, pop back up again. Uh, and it was interesting, too, because I, I storyboarded, uh, like, the last thing that I storyboarded, I think, before I left Toronto was a scene with uh, with uh, uh, Greg Grunberg's character, Parkman. 
and mm-hmm. uh, and then he recently showed up on Flash too. So it was like I didn't meet him there, but I ended up meeting him here <laughs> while he was. Oh show. wow! So like oh hey, I storyboarded some stuff for you a couple of months ago, and that was kind of funny that way. But do you have a lot of interaction with that, or is it more a behind the scenes thing? No, I'm definitely I work from home for the most part uh, in the office. If I if I uh, if it makes more sense for me to sort of find a desk at the office, like if I've got a couple of meetings in the same day, I'll try to stretch my day out there, but mostly from home. Uh, I do go to set every now and again, just in case, uh, or in situations where, uh, like we're not quite done yet and the director's gone to shoot. And so I need to do some revisions or something. So uh, you've been to star labs. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Been to star labs uh, a couple times, more than, more than once. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's, it's interesting, right? You know, you walk on set and you're just like, yep, this is, I'm in Star Labs. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So, I'm sure a lot of times if, when you do interviews or come on podcasts like this, you end up talking about a lot of other people's favorite shows and favorite fandoms. What are some of your favorite fandoms, or what are you into? Uh, well, my like the my major one would be Indiana Jones for sure. Uh, did we just become best friends? <laughs> I think we did. Uh, yeah, I just. Uh, uh, it's just I was just at exactly the right age when that when Raiders came out and like I mean I loved Star Wars don't get me wrong and I still do to this very day, uh, but Indiana Jones just spoke to me in a in a different way. There was something about it that just I don't know I can't I can't I, to this day I probably can't even describe it what it is exactly about it. But it just I, I love it. I've got uh, four uh, of the Drewsters and painted posters on my wall surrounding me here. Uh, uh, I, I did a job, uh, uh, I guess it was last year now, uh, in the summer of last year, and uh, sort of went above and beyond uh, for that particular director, and uh, he sent me uh, an original page of storyboards from Raiders uh, oh as, a, as sort of a thank you. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah wow. My, I, I, it would be remiss if I didn't talk about this on uh, right now too. But my wife, uh, for Christmas last year, uh, contacted Wested Leather, which is actually the. I mean, this isn't actually anything hard to do, but it it occurred to her to do this. Uh, Wested Leather is the company uh, that uh, made uh, Harrison Ford's original jacket for Raiders, and oh. uh, you can actually order a jacket made from that pattern to size. So she took measurements of me, sort of on the sly. I don't know how she did it. Um, and then ordered me a, a Raiders jacket uh, based on the Harrison Ford's pattern, but fit to fit me. So I have that now. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. My wife is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, uh, mine. It steps to seeing My my wife. Uh, she got me a Mark Hamill coming out of an X-wing autograph and a um, one of the cells that was actually used for Batman, the animated series, the opening where it's just him. Yeah. Where it says Batman. And it's just the eye, the white eyes and the black outline with the red backdrop. Yeah. It's signed by Kevin Conroy. So oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, yeah, your wife got you something you'll never top. I had the same challenge. Uh, like that's two amazing. years in a row. She was like, here's a thing you'll never do better than love you. <laughs> meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, here's a hair straightener. I mean, I know yeah. it's the one you wanted, but <laughs> still, Dude, like I, I ask her all the time, like what's something I can get you that rivals that? And she's like, I want all matching kitchen appliances. So oh, yeah. I made that happen yeah. this year. Yeah. And I'm like, you gave me Luke Skywalker. I gave you a, gave you a teal Keurig <laughs> and some stuff. 
That's how it always is here, too. So you can make food for me. Like, it doesn't <laughs> seem like a fair trade-off, right? Yeah, I always ask my wife what she wants for her birthday or Christmas, and it's always something in the kitchen. And yeah, exactly what you just said. You got me this gift that I love. I got you something so you can make dinner for the family. It just doesn't seem like a fair trade-off, <laughs> but it makes her happy. So I don't know if I should argue with it. I, I just If it makes her happy, time. that's all that matters in the end. Yeah. Right, and that's it. Like, I outfitted her entire kitchen in one color pattern, and she got, like, emotional. So, yeah, like... There you go. You win. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I win. I win. Or at least you tied, anyway. <laughs> well, I, I will say on the Indiana Jones front that um, Last Crusade is my I can't sleep. I'm going to go downstairs and watch a movie movie. That is my fallback movie for just about everything. That's cool. That's cool. It's funny. It was just on TV uh, two days ago, and of course, so I'm flipping through the channels. And I'm just like, okay, well, there's my day. I'm, uh, there's a there's a, an Indiana Jones marathon on history, so that's what I'm doing today. I saw and, you tweet uh, that out, <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, so they played Raiders first, and so that's good. And then they played uh, they skipped Temple of Doom, which was weird, but then they went right into Last Crusade. And when you put those two movies back to back, you can see the sequeliness of it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like Raiders has all the, has all the cool like sort of new ideas for the character and stuff, and then when you put it into Last Crusade, it's kind of like you can tell that it's the costume now. It doesn't really look like clothes as much as it looks like the outfit, and it's not quite as sort of novel in that sense. But it's still a great fucking movie. I mean, oh, most definitely. I apologize. I, I should probably ask if I, if you guys are okay with swearing on your podcast. Yeah, I can either keep it in or edit it. It doesn't matter. Okay. I don't care one way or the other for me, so I just want to... I'm sorry. I, I will let the occasional one slip out, even if I... We're not... Bit, so. I we're not it's okay. prudish. No. Okay, cool. Not at all. All right. Good. Yeah. But are you excited that they're making another one? I've heard mixed feelings from people that are in love with Indiana Jones on that. Not really. Me either. No, I would rather that they didn't... Actually, if you guys uh, uh, are interested, uh, on my latest episode of my podcast, I actually go through... Uh, the way that they can make a new Indiana Jones movie slash sort of reboot the franchise uh, in a in a movie that I would watch and that I would probably enjoy, and it involves With Shia uh, no, no. Shia. We can forget no. about uh, he's off sorry, sorry. doing whatever. I mean, obviously he's part of the canon, now, so we have to acknowledge him. Uh, but we can acknowledge him as we as the character walks past a photograph of him and and, and ignores it. Um, you don't have to if you never saw Crystal Skull. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. First of all, I had a nightmare one time that kind of felt like the fourth Indiana Jones movie that was terrible, and <laughs> other people, I think, had a congruent nightmare because it, it seems very similar. Anyways. Um, you said congruent nightmare. Do you realize that I called the prequels to Star Wars a mass hallucination foisted on the public? There you all go. Right, See, right. same, sort of, same sort of philosophy. All right, now. <laughs> Calm down. I, just, I have my issues with the prequels too. They're not they're not that bad, but they're 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 not Crystal Skull bad, but they're they're not my favorite things in the world either. I think oh. what sold me on never watching Crystal Skull was that South Park episode. Oh my god! That where they like took that. yeah, where they took all the famous rape scenes from other movies, yep. and that was the Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> like, oh jeez, I've never seen that. I somehow missed that episode of South Park. It is. Uh, yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> By the end of it, I was feeling kind of uncomfortable with the joke, actually. But <laughs> yeah, can imagine. But that's the beauty of South Park, really, though. I mean, they're good at that. So, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, Indiana Jones, uh, it's probably a bad time to say this, but Indiana Jones is a movie that I just, for some reason, could never sink into as much as some others. I was all about the sci-fi and Star Wars and that other franchise was alright sometimes. But, uh, no, I grew up loving, loving Star Wars and still do. I think my age when the prequels came out might have helped the fact that I don't have a bad taste for them as much as some people. Right. I guess that could be part of it. And we're just not going to talk about Jar Jar Binks. Who? Leave, leave that out. <laughs> yeah. See, my, my, uh, the interesting thing about that, though, is of the prequels, actually, uh, 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 Phantom Menace is actually my favorite of the, of the three. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is, yeah. oh, that's, that's a, a rare opinion, actually. Most people say Sith, but I think Sith is terrible. So, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith was only good for a lightsaber fight on Mustafar. The and rest that, of that I movie mean, is, yeah. yeah. Some of that lightsaber fight looks like a couple of marionettes being hoisted around on strings. I mean, it doesn't really look so good, but, uh, I mean, it had its moments. They all had their moments. I mean, don't, at the end of the day, we're watching Star Wars movies, so, I mean, we should be happy about that, right? Um, right, absolutely. And you know, a little bit. I mean, I can I can nitpick, be nitpicky about the Force Awakens too if I want to. I love the Force Awakens, but I mean, you know, I, I do too. It was a beautiful retelling of a New Hope. Yes, exactly. And that was uh, no, but for me, I think that see, my theory about that is that that's what we needed at the time, though. I think that like old school fans like like myself, and I think probably you, uh, needed to be sort of welcomed back into the universe by somebody who made essentially a, a giant fan film. You know, yep. it was full of all of the stuff that I wanted to see. Some stuff that I didn't really want to see. It didn't make a hell of a lot of sense. Uh, but it got us from A to B. It introduced us to a to a bunch of new characters that, personally, I find really engaging. Uh, and this next one, episode eight, is really going to be the one where the story actually happens now. And right. I think I think the other one was just sort of used to draw us back in again. Yeah. Yeah. It was the it was the see we can make Star Wars good again. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think and that's not going to hold up to a microscope, right? So like that's not going to hold up to like hold up to like like serious. Uh, like, uh, wow, I can't think of the word right now, but you know what I mean. If we look at it really closely, it's not really going to hold up. Yeah. The bigger story that happens next is hopefully going to. Yeah, I think this next one's going to be a turning point for this new story. I think it has to be. I agree completely with what you said, with it being the first one being a reintroduction to what old school fans wanted it to be and what we needed it to be again. Introduce the characters well enough, and now we'll get into that that meat of a story and I see a really good story there that can come from it and I just hope that they don't mess it up me too and I like for me I really hope like the the trailer that they just released was really it was exactly what I needed Uh, I think I think it looks great Uh, it didn't really give us anything uh, story-wise and I hope that they learned the lesson from the last Sort of the Force Awakens trailer, which didn't really look like it gave away a lot, but then when you saw a movie, saw the movie, it was just like, oh, it actually showed us something from every part of this movie. Every um, right, we saw the whole thing except for Luke being on, yeah. standing on an island. Like everything else was there. Yeah, and so I was like, at the end of the day, I was like, oh, I enjoyed the movie, but I was a little disappointed that there was nothing that I hadn't really seen yet. So I'm gonna try to put a self-imposed uh, uh, trailer ban. 
uh, on myself, but I know I'm going to fail at that. So I'm really <laughs> so I'm no. I'm in the same camp. I want that to be the only trailer released. Everybody knows what Star Wars is. Everybody who's going to see it is going to see it. Right. So just ha- that that let that be the only trailer. Yeah, like you don't, you don't need to twist anybody's arm to go see this movie. Right. We're all going to go. I'm fine with that being the only trailer. I really am. I cannot wait for M- for Empire Strikes Back Part Two. I just hope that yeah, I hope it's good. I hope it's dark. I hope it's. I hope. It, I just hope everything that happens in it makes sense. And you know, yeah. I just want a Knights of Ren backstory filled out. I was yeah, so hopeful right. for that in Awakens, and they just like glossed over it. Gave you this really quick hallucination thing when Ray's having her vision of some sort of epic hell battle that took place. I want to see that. I dreaded more in this one. It? I mean, they gave you the teaser. Exactly, exactly. For it. They got those hooks in you, and now they can they can tell the story the way it should be instead of having to kind of squish it into the Force Awakens. Yeah, exactly. I think it would have been it would have been a little uh, uh, too much in that. It was Force Awakens is such a fast paced movie, and mm-hmm. it really has to get from A to B really quick, uh, and leave us with a good feeling on our way out of the door. So now it's time to go in and delve into that stuff. I hope, anyways. If if we never find out what the Knights of Renner are, are about, I'm going to be a little upset about that. I'll be honest. Exactly. Now the only part that I had the biggest gripe with Force Awakens is is the when all the different smuggling groups show up and you've got the ridiculous CG monster chasing them through the tunnels. Um, that was the only part of Force Awakens I kind of checked out on because I'm like, um, we already know that Han... Yeah, like, we already know that Han is... You know, I guess they just wanted to reestablish for a new audience that he's the swarthy pirate smuggler. But yeah, like... I don't know. Yeah, that whole part seemed a little contrived, and then like, just like who are those guys on the ship, and then all these monsters takes care of them. And, you know, the only part that I like, part, the, my favorite part of that whole bit was when they hyperspace out like through the through the monster. <laughs> something for me real quick. Your mic was cutting out pretty bad there for a second. Yeah, you guys were too, actually. I think we went through a little space where uh, nobody could hear anything anybody was saying. Yeah, I, I think we did. We did. Out. It was just like super slow-mo. I, yeah. I got tripped out for a second. I was like, oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah. we're gonna. I think we were going to miss a bit of that Force Awakens talk, but... Uh, oh, maybe, that's all right. Maybe just a okay. bit, but it's okay. It's okay. All right. So, um, do you have, like... Do you have actor interaction when you're storyboarding stuff, or I mean, I, I mean, I know I said like, do you sit down when they do like table reads and stuff? But is it all? I know you said you sit down with the directors. Did you get to sit down with Kevin Smith at all when he was doing his Flash and Supergirl episodes? Well, he was directing those episodes, so yeah, I, I, I oh, man. worked very closely with him. Yeah, he seems like a really cool person. Kevin Smith is, uh, uh, and I can say this uh, as a fan of his. Uh, like before having met him, but now having having met him and having worked with him, uh, I can say that Kevin Smith is one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, he's great. Uh, it's really nice to hear that he is 
the way he portrays himself. He's always seems like a very real guy and a very nice guy. It's nice to hear that he's actually that way, you know. Absolutely, he's uh, the way. The way that I've I've said this before doesn't won't be the first time I've said this, but uh, the the crew uh, that uh, sorry the director that comes on uh, after Kevin Smith to one of these shows is getting like the happiest crew uh, that they could get <laughs> because because he uh, plays music between takes. Uh, he calls the, the 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 special bacon truck. Uh, to to bring bacon sandwiches for everybody, uh, like he just goes out of his way. He, every time he's been on every show, like he's done four now, four two flashes, yep. and two Supergirls. Uh, everybody on the crew got a T-shirt from him uh, to commemorate him being there. Like he's just super happy to be up there, uh, to be up here and working on these shows that are essentially his, like you know this type of stuff. Like these comic book shows are his bag, like totally right. So. Um, that's what I can't mean. Believe. Like, what more beautiful person to bring in? It made so much sense. Right. I mean, it really did. It all came because uh, uh, I think it came about because uh, Andrew Kreisberg, who's the showrunner on uh, Flash and now Supergirl, uh, heard him uh, after he binge watched uh, season one of Flash. He did a Fat Man on Batman episode. Yep, just one of my favorite hours. episodes. It's the first. That was actually the first Fat Man on Batman that I that I listened to. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like you go through these phases of what you do, and I was so busy with my move and getting into, like, getting into working here in Vancouver and stuff. And I had sort of, like, Kevin Smith had call, kind of fallen off my radar a little bit. Like, I've always been a fan, and if his movies come on, and every now and again I'll throw in Clerks or Chasing Amy or something if I want to watch it. But he as a person, kind of like I hadn't really been paying attention to what he'd been doing, and um, so I heard that. Uh, and I was like, Jesus, like, that's amazing. <laughs> and so, uh, I, I, Dude, he made me day. cry. I, yeah, I know. Right. It's insane. So then, I mean, I, for like a, a solid year, I had stuff to listen to because I went back to the, through the whole fat man on Batman catalog and listened to every single one of those, which are amazing interviews. Uh, and then also, uh, Hollywood Babylon with Ralph Garman, yep. uh, which is great. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, so I think Andrew Kreisberg heard that heard that episode of Fat Man and, and asked him if he wanted to come do it, and uh, uh, you know it got it got done, and now he's been up and done four, so pretty good. That Speed Force episode that he did when Barry goes is trapped by the Speed Force for the first time. Yeah, me and my wife are on the couch just bawling. Yeah, I was out watching that. That was interesting too because, uh, like, for me and like my role on this series, like as as a storyboard artist, that show had very little action, right? Um, and all the Speed Force stuff that's done in the like in the visual effects realm, uh, encore effects, it does the effects for Flash, uh, does their own uh, storyboards for the for the fully digital stuff. So I don't ever do those ones. Like, so if you ever see <clears throat> like. Uh, the digital flash and the digital um, zoom, for example, running up and down the buildings and stuff like that and chasing each other. Like, that's all done in computer. Like, I don't storyboard that stuff. I do the stuff that's shot on location with stunts and combination of VFX. Um, so I had to kind of, like, look for stuff to storyboard in that because I wanted to work with Kevin. So <laughs> was, right. So I was like, okay, so there's two sequences with uh, with uh, zombie girder. That I started just, I just kind of storyboarded, and he was just like, "Yeah, these are great. All right, we'll use I them." I love then, zombie girder. Yeah, it was pretty cool that that part, right? It was good. So, uh, it was interesting. Like he was like 
he's such a character driven type director that like storyboarding action sequences was sort of out of his realm and uh he didn't really know how to work with me in that sense um so when i work with him on these shows like i kind of take the lead and i give him a pass on an action sequence with uh with very little input from him first and then he uses that as a visual reference to make changes and to sort of approach the scene so it's kind of a it's almost a backwards sort of uh way to do it in that sense so if the comic book guy needs you to draw him a comic book well <laughs> and then you know what i mean like yeah kind of yeah that's awesome that's yeah cool. yeah so, so now we're so now we're looking at doing because uh, uh, I've done a couple of uh, uh, jersey patch designs for him as well now. And uh, oh wow, really? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll make sure that you see those. I'll I'll, I'll link them on my Twitter. Heck uh, yeah. I did uh, the first one that I did because I enjoyed working with him so much on the second episode of Flash that we did. I actually took a panel of my storyboards uh, and <clears throat> without his knowledge uh, had it created into a patch for his jersey and then had it put onto a jersey for him and gave it to him as a gift. I and, think he uh, talked about that on an episode, dude. Uh, yeah, he did, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, and, yeah, so he loved that. And then so he asked me to do one of uh, uh, of Supergirl with, uh, with uh, her sister Alex uh, on the crest for him yep. to wear while he was shooting his first episode of Supergirl. Uh, wow. Or second episode? I can't remember. Anyways. Um, and then uh, I've done a couple of uh, Clerks ones as well for him, which, like, as though I had, as though he had storyboarded Clerks, which he didn't, and I didn't, of course, but they're sort of like throwbacky kind of weird things like that. So, That's uh, cool. But hopefully I'll be able to get to do some for uh, uh, for Jay and Silent Bob reboot. It seems like I'm going to do some storyboarding for that. So. Oh, that's awesome, oh, that dude. Great. I'm very excited about that. I'm not going to lie. Yes. Yes, that is But I don't want to, yeah. be excited about I mean, I don't want to get on a Kevin Smith tangent. I just, I know he's like the closest association that in commonality with comic books and then the shows you're working on and then Kevin Smith talking about them all the time. Yeah. Um, if you, if you, uh, you've probably listened to the episode, but for me and you being about in the same age group because of the movies we talked about growing up, mm-hmm. listen to his, I don't, I think it was a Smodcast because Scott wasn't available. And it was from a little while ago, so you'd have to go through the feed. But find him doing the solo episode where he covers the Bad News Bears okay, by himself. Oh, my God, just, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and just listen to a grown man describe a movie that hits you in the childhood and just listen to him weep and then realize that you're doing the no, you're crying without even realizing it. Like... Uh, that sounds amazing. I'll definitely check that out. So, uh, but uh, I, I, I'm sitting here watching wrestling, watching uh, WWE's Raw, and I have to ask because it, it made me think of it. Cause Chris Jericho, who is a fellow Canadian, came on the screen. Do you ever watch any pro wrestling? I have to admit, I have it actually. I'm not. I'm not much of a, of a of a sports fan in general. I've just recently started to get into it, but. Uh, yeah, and no, wrestling was never something like when I was a little kid. I guess like Hulk Hogan, like Sergeant Slaughter era. Uh, that's that was me too. It's going way back. Yeah, I got sucked into it by my dad when I was very young, and it just never let its claws out of me. I guess I know people who are who are like absolutely rabid fans about it. Like, yeah, it's like it, you know you can and more power to them. Whatever whatever makes you happy. That's what I say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We all have our fandom. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I, you know, I mean, I, I love reality shows. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, there's certain ones that, like, I'm, I've seen every single episode of Survivor, every single episode of Survivor. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? People Jeff look Jr., down you know? on those, and they know they get sucked into watching them too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had, uh, you know, the uh, the Purge movies. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, I worked, uh, years and years ago, I worked on a movie called Assault on Precinct 13, and that, uh, it was like a remake of the old John Carpenter movie. The Romero movie? Is it Romero? I thought it was John Carpenter, but, uh, the one that I worked on was, uh, it was directed by, uh, uh, Jean-Francois Richet, and it was like a, sort of a re, sort of mixed it up, and it was a bunch of, like, dirty cops who were trying to break it. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, with Ethan Hawke, and Lawrence Fishburne was in it, and... Uh, now I forgot. Oh yes, The Purge. So it was written by uh, James DeMonico, who uh, went on to write uh, The Purge movies and direct them. So he's gone on to do better, or bigger and better things for himself, and that's great. But while we were working on Assault on Precinct 13, he told me that he was addicted to Survivor and uh, to Big Brother as well. And I was just like, oh great. And so we really bonded over that. And what his reasoning for it was that if you want to see people... Uh, reacting honestly to being thrown into really stressful situations. Watch those shows. Watch the distrust. Watch the the conniving and the and all of that stuff that people go through. And if you need to write characters for your screenplay, there's your resource right there. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's all right. Dang. So, yeah. Yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense, right? Yes, it does. Absolutely. Today I learned. Yeah. There you go. Yep. The more you know. There you go. So you you did the storyboard art for the new Death Note series, the one for Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wow. That seems like it would be a fun, interesting job to take a such a beloved anime and make it live action and to storyboard that. Yeah, it was. It was great, actually. Yeah, that was that's one of my favorite jobs in a long time. Uh, it's nice to work on a movie versus a TV, versus a couple of the TV shows at the same time, uh, if only because it's it's a slower process. You get to take a little bit more time on the sequences, and uh, so that was good. And also, I was working in a nice, uh, uh, like a full widescreen format as opposed to the sixteen by nine TV format, which is nice, you know, better for like framing and stuff like that. Like it feels like a real movie that you're drawing. You know what I mean? Uh, oh wow, that's cool! And also, just uh, uh, just some really cool stuff. I mean, obviously, I can't talk about what happens in the movie because it's not out right. yet. But uh, uh, if anybody who knows uh, what Death Note is about uh, can sort of relay that to what I'm saying about cool sequences to draw. <laughs> mm-hmm. Were you um, a fan of the anime? I'd never seen it actually. I only read it after I started working on it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I'm so in that same camp. Yeah, I've seen uh, parts of it. Because there's actual like anime movies, right? Which I haven't seen any. Uh, but I saw I read the uh, some of the original uh, manga. Yeah. And then uh, there's also a live action Japanese version too, isn't there? I do not know. I mean, yeah. I would I would imagine so. Seeing it's, it's a pretty big series over there. Yeah, I had no idea that this thing that it even existed. And then when I looked into how big it was, I was like, holy crap, this is amazing! <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully that'll do well. But I got to draw, uh, just to give you an indication, like I drew uh, a foot chase in that that I spent the better part of two months on. Oh, wow. On, on wow. One and then 
like to give you a, a comparison, eight days of prep per episode. So in two months, in, in roughly the same amount of time, I probably would have done about six episodes of The Flash. Hey guys, <laughs> I'm I'm really sorry to interrupt. I'm gonna leave this recording of my computer on. I've got an emergency. I've got to deal with it real quick. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks. I hope everything's okay. Me too. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, to move on, I probably would just talk about the seed. I am a huge comic book nerd. Um, the DC takeover of the CW has made me happier than uh, I thought I would be seeing stuff like that get a serious treatment. And uh, yeah, so. I know it's. It's like, in the, the, like, I guess the closest thing that we've gotten recently is Smallville, and I could never get into Smallville. Never it was watched too, it, yeah. It was a little too Dawson's Creaky for me, right? Like, it's like, why do I care about <laughs> Superman when he was a teenager? Like, it just doesn't make any... I didn't personally... And plus, I think it was already a little bit too old for it, too, right? So um, Yeah, I was I was too. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm I'm looking at 40 in a couple right, of I'm, years. I'm so, yeah. Right, so. yeah, so it's like, yeah. Yeah, so this is a better take, and you know, I mean, again, it's, it's the CW, so obviously it's gearing, it's it's sort of staring a little young, uh, but it's really not. I don't feel like it's like juvenile in any way. I really feel like the shows are are quite smart. You know, uh, it's funny because I mean, I actually quite like the shows, uh, but I don't really watch them. I'm probably going to watch them all like later. Do you know what I mean? When I'm a little bit further. Hey. hey, I got an Amber Alert on my phone, and it completely dropped every call I had going. Oh, wow. I, I hope that had nothing to do with your emergency. <laughs> well, oddly <laughs> enough... Sorry, that was a terrible joke. That was a no, joke. but oddly enough, you were very close. My wife went outside to get our son, and she comes back in, and she's like, I can't find him. And so oh, wow. I was like, okay, i got to pause this. I'm going to go find him. And by the time I got up, she had gone upstairs, and he's sitting in his bedroom watching TV. Oh, God, dude. Look. Somehow he snuck in with none of us noticing and got to his room before anybody had any clue. And yet, oh, wow. Yeah. So, okay, so my, my daughter's 10 now, right? And when she was like three years old, um, we were living on the other side of town, and she got outside and went down to play with the neighbor's kids, and we didn't know. And it took a half hour or so to find, dude, I don't even, mm-mm, there's yeah. depths of feelings that I didn't know were humanly possible that I felt for a half hour that was like, so I understand. And then, like, the neighbors, the, the kid's dad came out, and he, I think he could tell immediately by the looks on our faces. He was like, she's here, she's here, she's here. Oh, oh. And, oh. I've case. never spiritually thrown up for a half hour straight before in my life. Like, I can imagine it's <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, it'll get you. Where were you? <laughs> well, I was saying, um, and, and don't worry, dude. Like, even though it cut off, we can edit it and make it sound like everything went according to plan. Yeah. Um, do I really Magic look like a guy with a plan? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but his. It's, uh, but. The whole three-hour Dark Knight movie aside, my favorite scene that just made me happy in that movie is when he's in the nurse's uniform <laughs> and Harvey wakes up. It's just that one word, just that, hi. Like, that right there. 
is my favorite scene in that whole like three hour movie. That is that a good was, scene. It is a very good scene for multiple reasons: the comedy value, the introspective. What's the word I'm looking for? The telling of the character of the Joker in that one scene is very deep, but it's molded in such a funny, caring way. I don't know. I love that scene too. It was a one syllable, like the monologue's great, but it's that one syllable. It's just that he looks at him like, you're having a rough day, aren't you? And he just, <laughs> hi. <laughs> yes. It's sympathetic and really creepy at the same time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. like I did this to you, and boy, are you having a bad day at the same time. <laughs> but um, what we were talking about is I was saying it, it's so awesome to see um, I swear, if I ever met Kreisberg and Berlanti, I would just cry and hug them and say thank you um, <laughs> for what they've done with with the DC Universe on TV. Steps and I have multiple arguments about how the DCEU can suck it compared to what the CW's done. Um, honestly, like, my... my yeah. Well, who's on, what, who's on what side? I, I'm on... Yeah, go ahead. You go first. I'm on the DCEU can... can just stop what it's doing and regroup and Grant Gustin will be my flash. Melissa Benoit but was it Benoist or It's uh, Benoist. Benoist. She's my supergirl. Um there I, I did okay, I gotta ask, did you work on the episode when See, he, Steps is going to ask you all the questions that you give good answers to. I'm going to give you all the selfish questions. <laughs> did you work? Did you work on the episode for the John Jones reveal? I did. Oh, wait, oh, no. For, sorry, in season one, you mean? Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. They were down in L.A. for that. They hadn't moved up to Vancouver yet. So uh, oh, there was a God. there was a bit of a reveal in season two, which is what I thought you were talking about, but. Uh, no, no, sadly I did not. When I heard about that, I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? On network television, we've got John Jones on network television right now. And I couldn't believe it. Because they they didn't call him John, so it was like, this guy's named Hank. Okay, so this guy named Hank, he runs the government organization. Okay, he's like their K for Men in Black and da-da-da. And it just like, they they kept revealing like, okay, he's got red eyes, so is he going to be the secret big bad? Is he going to be the secret bit? Like, every episode, you're like, okay, so obviously there's got... But no, when he is talking to... um, Oh, my God. And he just turns around, and he looks away from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he... My name is John Jones. And I, like... I came up off the couch. Because <laughs> I've always loved Martian Manhunter, so, like... Oh yeah, like so, and he's just—he's just one of those ones you just—you don't expect him to show up in a show like this. So, like yeah. you think that people would think that, and probably somebody did say, "Well, that's just too weird. You can't put that on." Um, and props to to, to uh, Greg Berlanti and Andrew Kreisberg for for making it happen. They are my heroes, dude. <laughs> they're doing—they're doing good work. I mean, they—they they really are. So. <laughs> I was going to ask, what's it like storyboarding Legends of Tomorrow? I mean, you're basically having to do the Avengers every week. Yeah, this this was my my. Uh, I'm not going to say my problem with Legends, but why it wasn't my favorite or one of the one of my favorite shows to do is because there were are always so many people on screen. So 
uh, on the one hand, like, I mean, when I did the pilot uh, and the and the second part of the pilot, uh, I did, I got to do some, like, really massive, really cool team uh, uh, sort of action sequences where, uh, yeah, it was, like, handing off from one to the other, and there's a lot of that cool sort of, like, long, like, one camera, one shot takes and stuff like that where you go from one hero to the next to the next and one little action piece to the next. And those are great and just big swoopy uh, Glenn Winter camera style uh, stuff. And um, the more you, I did that show, the more it was just like every panel I have to draw has eight people in it. And that's not normal. People take a long time to draw uh, just because you have to make them all individual and, and they have to look like clearly enough like the character that I don't have to put their name over top of them and stuff like that, right? So That's uh, what I would do. Uh, I would just do stick figures with names. <laughs> Well, you get to the point sometimes where that's what you end up doing. I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm fast, but sometimes it just gets it gets too much. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it was good. It was fun, uh, but not. I did. I preferred this, almost the simplicity of Flash a little bit more at the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for season two, when I was already working on Supergirl and Flash, I, I, I would pretty much only go back over to Legends if it was for a director that that wanted me specifically. Right. So back to the uh, the DCEU. There's nothing wrong with it. PU DCPU. No. All right, he, you had your chance. Let him talk. It, it, exactly. Thank you. That's what no I need. Problem. I need an advocate that'll stand in the way. Now, the DCEU is not the Marvel universe by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a different <laughs> no. universe. It is a different telling, and for people like me that weren't. I didn't grow up with a lot of DC comics in my house. It was more of a Marvel image kind of household. Right. Um, I didn't know a lot of these stories. Of course, I know the stories of Batman, but Superman, I never liked. I never read. But Man of Steel got my attention. For once, I saw Superman as a human being and an alien. I saw that struggle within him. It humanized right. it in a way, which I know some people take offense to. Well, I know that. I know. I know. That was, that was I the love goal, Henry Cavill. Sure. And then I like I like Batman as I like Ben Affleck as Batman. I know people can poop on it all day. That's fine. <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong, and as Bruce Wayne, he seems more believable to me than a lot of the others. And I like mm. the dude, bro, Aquaman. We've got riding on the Batmobile. Aquaman, Aquaman was my favorite part of that trailer. Yes, he was uh, the best part of the trailer easily. But I, but again, I didn't like anything in that trailer. Uh, my, my <laughs> no, 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 and that that's not to say. Okay, here's here's where I stand. Um, this is not uh, these are not the the movies that I personally want to see uh, that star Superman and Batman and this particular cadre of characters. Um, Superman, I like the, the sort of humanizing of Superman. Uh, I think that uh, when John Byrne rebooted uh, the Superman character back in the, in the 80s, I thought that that was really the way to do it, where, mm-hmm. he, where Clark Kent is really who he is, and Superman is the alter ego. Um, and uh, for me, it just, it, it was, I mean, maybe it's just the difference between 1984 and now, uh, but the whole thing just seemed a little kind of, uh, desperate, almost like just almost a little depressed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I Man do. Of Steel, I, Man of Steel, I didn't dislike. Um, 
I thought that it had potential. What I think was the problem was is that he deserved because uh, like I didn't have an issue with him. That's not true. I had an issue with him uh, breaking Zod's neck, killing However, Zod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, However, why? That, well, because Superman doesn't kill. No, nope, neither does Batman. Oh, hang on, hang on. I'm, st- I'm not done yet. Okay. okay. In, you in quotes, <laughs> because Superman doesn't kill. Okay. Now this is. 2015, I guess, when that movie came out, and and it's not the same. It's not as simple as that. And I fully respect the fact that Zack Snyder is trying to do something different. And total props to Zack Snyder for having a vision and sticking with it. Um, I think that what he shoots nine times out of ten is gorgeous. Uh, I think that he uses slow motion way too much, and I think I would like for him to set more things in the daytime. That being said... Uh, what do you mean? I like watching I, you, him build Watchmen 2 and name it the Justice League. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, I really, I mean, I can't take anything away from him for, for having this vision that he's that he obviously is trying to, to portray. I, I, I think that Justice League is, is moving in the right direction with being a little bit lighter, although not actually lighter in color-wise or anything like that, but lighter in tone, it seems. Um, my biggest issue with it is, uh, okay, two issues. My big two issues. Uh, Batman, I loved Ben Affleck as Batman. I did not love the Batman that he was made to play. Uh, Right. I I love Henry Cavill as Superman. I do not love the Superman that he is made to play. Uh, So essentially what it comes down to is that I like a little bit more light in these characters, or in Batman's case, uh, a, a very concrete line in, in the sand in regards to killing, and he doesn't do it. No, and he'll kill the he crap kill, out of you. Didn't he kill Zod in the original movies? And was it Superman? No. Movie? No, they or get all buried back into the Phantom Zone. Well, no, see, if you look at the director's cut, or the, the, the Donner version, they get banished back into the Phantom Zone. If you look at the Donner slash uh, Lester version, which was actually released in theaters, Superman does throw Zod into a sort of into a chasm. bottomless yeah. pit. So, I mean, it's, right. it's arguable that he didn't actually kill him. But, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he did. Uh, but then again, we have to look at it from the other side, too, where you can't, you can't just take these comics and have them be exactly right. You know what I mean? Like they, you have to make uh, uh, changes, and 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 uh, when you when you take decades worth of character development and try to shoehorn it into two hours, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, I'd, changes I'd have just, to be made. I just like, think they're trying to catch up to Marvel too fast, and they're not taking their yeah. time. They're definitely you know? not. I agree with that too. I would have liked a, a standalone Batman movie before we had a BBS movie. Uh, I I would have liked. The Batman versus Superman movie to actually have a, a, a heart and a core to it that was less like I just, I, I disagree with did. it. There's the a word. There's Martha. a one. <laughs> I just had a problem with the, if there's a one percent chance that he could kill us all, then we have to kill him first. Doesn't make any sense. You can say that about anybody walking down the street. So that My argument biggest is gripe. Out. My biggest gripe with that whole plot line, other than the fact that. The Lois Lane character annoys the crap out of me. Is um, Superman's motivation to fight? <clears throat> now he's faster than the Flash. He has super hearing. He has X-ray vision. He has all these things, right? Yep. Why would he need to give in to Lex Luthor holding somebody hostage? That was my whole thing. 
My, see the, yeah, I mean, at the very at the very beginning of that movie, the African warlord had Lois Lane hostage, and he managed to get him out of that or get her out of that situation. Um, and you know and I mean? who like, kills Jimmy Olsen in thirty seconds? <laughs> Don't even get me started with that. I think um, I've in the waters that I'm not going to win in. Well, no, it's like I just I want like I I want to love these movies. I really do. I, I think I that there do. are very talented people involved in them. I'm really I have very very high hopes for Wonder Woman, uh, and I have higher than uh, I thought I would have hopes for Justice League. Um, and yeah, I don't like their Flash. I, I just don't like Ezra Miller. Like, no offense to him as a human being, I just don't like his acting style. Oh, really? Actually, I've only seen him in about two things, and I have no problem with him. I think he's, I think he's fine. I'm not a big fan of the suit, but that's sort of an injustice thing that they've yeah. done now. That's what I'm like saying. Yeah. Actor. Well, they're saying it's from the the injustice comic line in the games. But like it's yeah. a little armory looking for me. But that's you know that's a that's a minor nitpick. Uh, I in the Justice League trailer showed the flash effect. I think it looked pretty good. So I mean, it's yeah, hard I mean, to say. Yeah, it was okay. Gal Gadot the- is my highlight. She was my favorite part of BVS. I am super excited for her movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I actually agree with you more. I think I just, to be more funny about it, take a harder line stance <laughs> with it. Because I well, loved I, Man I, of Steel. Oh, you loved Man of Steel. So actually, I didn't. I, I liked Man of Steel, but I didn't. Actually, there were parts of Man of Steel that I really didn't like, but uh, that's, that's even more than me. So I didn't like Jonathan Kent being... Oh. This is my biggest gripe with Man of Steel. Is Let them all Jonathan, die. Screw them, Clark. Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Kent makes Superman, and that's part of the problem with this Superman, is that he, his Jonathan Kent just had his head up his ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let them all die, Clark. Screw them. Yeah. yeah. And then the Diane Keaton character, her, her Martha Wayne is kind of the same way with the whole, you don't owe them anything, you don't da-da-da, save them or don't save them. I'm like, that's not the moral fiber that Superman comes from. Like that is so the opposite. Yeah, and I but guess that, that was that was like that was the effort to try to make it a little bit more relevant to today's society. Which to me, again, like we should all be about loving each other right now. In today's world, we need to be more accepting and more helpful to each other. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's all about division and antiheroes. You know, it's like meh. Yeah, Anti- anti-heroes were for the '90s, like that. You know, the edgy comic book, and I loved them in the '90s. I still have a bunch, and I read them now. But like, that time's over. Like, Anti- anti-heroes in long trench coats. <laughs> yes, we don't all need to be Bullock. <laughs> right, walking exactly. around. Why can't we all be Bullock? We can't all be Harvey Bullock. But no, like, Gal- 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 you know what? I'm just, I'm just realizing too. There's there, there's a couple of Marthas. And there's a there's like way too many Harveys in the same in the same storyline. It's all very confusing. Yeah, too many Marthas, too many Harveys. I saw a thing. They said that by 2018 or 19, there's going to be six different Batman movies released. Wow. That how could they possibly do that? That doesn't seem likely. They can barely between animated and live action and the oh the animated yeah I can see that yeah like they're counting it all together but like. Yeah. So, that, so no. that's five animated movies and one live action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'll tell you what, DC animated movies, those kind of kill it. Their uh, their Flashpoint paradox is amazing. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Maybe I'll tell you what the what the animated movies do. Uh, I enjoy them for an hour and a half, and then they make me want to go back and read the comics again. So that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm, I just watched um, T 
Teen Titans Judas contract, and I was like, mm. oh, yeah, I need to read some more Deathstroke. I love Deathstroke. Is that the one that Kevin Smith is in? It might be. It's it's the one that just came out. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's like the newest uh, DC animated movie to come out. It's the okay. Judas contract. Right, right. I haven't seen it yet. So. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably watch it. I usually have stuff like that on in the background while I'm working. So, so my problem, my problem with them calling it the Justice League is a you don't have seven. B, the lineup's wrong. It's like well, we need a Green Lantern in there first of all. And, thank yeah, I you. Mean, so I mean, just I, I I mean I hear that he might get introduced, I think, I think it, but I mean, be in there. I want John Stewart. We've had Hal Jordan. I want, I want John Stewart too. Thank you. And uh, uh, I fuck. I wish I could remember how to pronounce his name, but Maharaja Ali from uh, from Moonlight, I think would be great. He's yes. totally under under like you wouldn't expect him to do it, but I think he'd be great. Yes, that's like me and my wife have literally sat up like, who could be John Stewart? We don't want Hal Jordan. Who could be John Stewart? And yeah, we go through like it's never like oh. You know, Will Smith, or it's always like somebody like you just said. We're like anybody else in the room would be like who, and you're like, just trust me, they would, <laughs> they would yeah, get as John Stewart. I kind of want us to yeah, let's start giving like chances to to unknown people that we haven't, you know, like thank for you. The, the people who are trying to get those names out there. Like Will Smith doesn't need to do everything, and and Josh Brolin doesn't need to do everything either. <laughs> oh my God, really? Like Thanos and Cable now? I'm, I mean, I like Josh Brolin. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be great as Cable, but would you have to do both? I mean, come on. Everybody, uh, other people like jobs too, you know? <laughs> right, but but then, but then you run into that thing like with Ben Affleck as Batman. It's like, oh, it's Ben Affleck as Batman. Right, yeah. See, I was, like every now and again, you like to see like a... a like, uh, you know what it is? It's it's like I want to just involve myself in the character and not the actor, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'd like comic properties that they're doing for the first time. Hire a bunch of unknowns who can play the crap out of it. Yeah. Did you, you know? see? Uh, did you see the Man from Uncle a couple of years ago? Yeah, the one that Henry, the remake with Henry Cavill. In. Yeah, with Henry Cavill. So that was the second thing that I'd ever seen uh, Henry Cavill in. So he wasn't really, oh, that's Henry Cavill, that's Superman for me. You know what I mean? Uh, so it was him, and it was Army Hammer as his Russian counterpart, and mm-hmm. it was Alicia, Alicia Vikander, who I'd never heard of before. And it was all of these people in this really fun, uh, entertaining movie that I didn't know anything about, and I didn't know any of them. Like, how great is that? How often does that happen? Well, I think that's why the Kingsman works so well because you have like, like the secondary characters. Like to call Samuel L. Jackson in a movie a secondary character, I don't mean it insultingly, but like he wasn't in it as much. Right. And then Colin Firth wasn't in it as much. But the kid who you didn't really recognize from everything, who was the focus of the movie, it was great. Yeah. Sold the crap out of it. Like before Absolutely. John Boyega became John Boyega. Yeah. He was in Attack the Block, and it was amazing to watch because you were like, that kid's going to be something. He is amazing. And then, you know, here you are. How many movies does he have this year? Like, yeah, so it's, a lot. it's, it's that factor. And, and that, was a lot of the, that was a lot of the joy for the, uh, about The Force Awakens for me, too, is that all of the new people were pretty much new people. Like, I mean, exactly. I, I saw Oscar Isaac in uh, uh, Ex Machina after Machina. watching The Force. Oh, that's a great movie. Oh, so good. That's probably, like, I'm, it's one of those ones that you actually have to watch, though. Like, I mean, I've been trying to get my wife to watch it for, like, six months now. And she's like, no, I need to be in the mood to actually sit down and watch it. And I'm like, yeah, That's no, I like get arrival. it. You're right, you do. Yeah, arrival. Yeah, no, I haven't. 
Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. Was that good? It's decent. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I've been afraid to watch it. It's decent. It's it's almost got like a Donnie Darko thing where you're like, I need to watch this again because I know I missed something and that's why I arched my eyebrow at this scene. Like what? So yeah, but um, I'll tell you the first thing I ever saw Henry Cavill in was years ago. He played. Um, he was in the Count of Monte Cristo that uh, Jim Caviezel and. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he's he's um, he's the villain's son. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think I've ever actually seen that one. Yeah, and I mean, it's him. He still looks like Clark Kent even back then. Cool. <laughs> he just looks like a mini Superman. That guy's probably like 50, right? He's been the same age for like 30 years. That son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary Oldman. For another 30 years, too. I can't I can't fault him, though. The man's pretty. I mean, he's a good-looking guy. I mean, he's... Yeah, if you, if you were going to try to find another Superman and, you, and Christopher Reeves wasn't available, the dude's damn near spot on. He fits the mold. He really is... Like, physically, he is a great Superman. And I just... I hope that in the future he gets to be a great Superman, you know? I just, I just hope they don't. They they take the lesson from Batman v Superman and realize you don't need to put five graphic novels into one movie. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little dense. My problem with with Batman vs Superman is that I didn't get a sense of any fun in it at all, and that's what I love about the Marvel movies. Like I'm, I, I've gone on record uh, saying uh, Ant Man is my favorite Marvel movie. <laughs> it's up there for me. It's in my top three. It's just so much fun. Wow, really? you know. And Louis Pena got hate for that. His character is hilarious in that. I'm sorry, Michael Michael Pena got hate for that. Michael Pena, yeah. Michael no, that's Pena. okay. I'm just he got hate. Oh, he's so good. I've heard people like, oh, his. They had to put the stupid sidekicks in, and there's like a lot of people that were like, oh, it was too silly, and I'm like, no, that movie was. Uh, it was just, dude, it was. I had a movie called Ant Man for fuck's sake. It was good. It was right, just yeah. silly enough. And they're not going with Hank Pym, so you don't. Yeah. You don't have the abusive alcoholic Avenger. You have Thank the God. right, but you tell no. That one in the PC world right now, you don't. You just skip over it entirely. You do. You skip right over it. Yep. But um, I'll tell you, like the part that had me come up out of my seat in the movie theater was when they're fighting in the suitcase, and <laughs> Yellow Jacket's like, "I'm going to disintegrate you." <laughs> And they played Disintegration by The Cure. Like, yeah. I'm a huge Cure fan, so, like, I guess I was the only ex-emo kid in the theater, because I was just like... <laughs> yeah, you laughed, and I laughed, and, yeah, it was about, I think I might have been the only one, too. But, yeah. I was just like, what a deep pull. Like, whoever wrote that needs, like, a clap on the back to be like, how do we... He's going to say I disintegrate you. Well, how about we have The Cure play? <laughs> and I guarantee you, everybody else in the writers' room was just like the what and the what. Yeah, right. There's like the wannabe Tim Burton guy working on a movie. Like, how about we play the cure? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm uh, really sorry to have to do this. I'm actually enjoying this a great deal, but I gotta go. I gotta run. Aww. Hey, man, we're all about encores. Yeah. Oh, I'll be happy to come back. back in. Oh yeah, dude, oh, we're, we're, we're open door. We're open cool. door. Like, like I told you, we had Eric Larson on today unexpectedly because he thought we were going to do another episode. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I was on my way home from work, and I'm, like, rushing to get home. And I was supposed to make dinner tonight, and I just had to walk in and look at my wife and go, but Eric Larson. Nice. And oh, yeah, we were going to talk about that, too. Yeah, all right, cool. We're, I'm definitely going to come back. Yes! Yay!
I promise it won't be so uh, CW heavy. Heavy now that we know. It's, it's, we it's could, a big. Ch- it's a big chunk of my life. I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, you know, I'm very. I'm very grateful for those shows. <laughs> it makes me look forward to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. It really does. Well, and at the end of the day, if that's what we do, then that's that's all we need to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when Manu Bennett comes back as Deathstroke in the Arrow finale, <laughs> I don't watch Arrow, so I don't know. I don't work on Arrow. I don't watch it. <laughs> No, there's this thing where, like, the show's advertising it, and and as a joke, he's like, I'm in Newfoundland, I'm in Newfoundland filming something else. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm that. not that's coming right. back. Whoever's in that suit, it's not me. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. It's crazy. So that's why I was trying to be like, hmm, he might be in the no. I got no insight on that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for your time, dude. We will definitely have you back. Reach out whenever, or I'll reach out. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Will do, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Great. It was a Thanks. blast, man. Yeah, I had a blast. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. All right, no, no sweat. Have a, good, have a good night. Cheers. That was fun. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. I <laughs> I feel like uh like that kid on the playground that is strictly outnumbered by the other kids. <laughs> but you don't care. You're like, no, no. I almost said something, and I was like, I looked at the time, and I'm like, he's getting ready to say he's got to go, so I'm not going to. <laughs> the, the, the Huntsman movies? Not the Huntsman. Um, what's the movie I'm thinking of? The English guys? Mm-hmm. You guys were just talking about it. Kingsman? Yeah, Kingsman. Yeah. I, I don't like those movies. It made me fall asleep. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. I realized the more we do this podcast that we are very alike on the fact of our, our nerdiness and our love to do this, but we we like completely different things, which is But good. that's what makes it work, though. Right. Say, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing at all, but yeah. Well, I mean, th- think about how many podcasts are just like two fanboys fanboying out on the same thing. Yeah, we need to do like one a month where we just get a list of things and we just debate each other. Fight night. Yeah, there you go. That's what we'll call it. Welcome to Nerdy Fight Night. Happy Haven Fight Night. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you hear my brother? Yeah. I said that out loud. He just looked over at me. What? I got some of my for that. But yeah. But real quick, so can I be on the same file? I'll do a. You want to do the intro and the outro, and then, I mean, I'm not going to hang up on you, but it's, we always forget to do it. We didn't have an intro, did we? No, because he, like, called. Yeah. I mean, so, Eric Larson went, yeah. Jeremy Seismer? Simser. 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 Yeah, S-I-M. Simser. Simser. All right, I'm going to attempt to... To do the intro. Okay. Hold on. I have been sent breaking news. Not fake. What? Yeah. What? I don't even want to talk about it. It's wrestling, and it's dumb. It doesn't matter. That's a joke. Anyway, here we go. Jeremy. Hold on. Simser. Simser. All right. Hold on one second. Don't don't talk. Sorry, I was talking to my son. 
Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Haven. As always, I am Steps, and with me is my trusty second, and not always the second. He usually, yeah. I had something I was going to say, and I lost it. I looked at my brother. Where are we? I let you lead me into the woods, and now we're going to die. Yeah, we are going to starve. <laughs> no, this, this is Gnarly Canary. <laughs> His second... That's not what I meant. I had something going there, and I lost it mid-thought. Of course I'm second, because of your patriarchy. Yes, it is a patriarchy. <laughs> I'm the king of England. That's a monarchy. Yeah, that's kind of the <laughs> You were supposed to finish the line. I didn't vote for you. <laughs> I don't remember voting for you. <laughs> Help, help, I'm being oppressed. Because I'm taught to a sword out the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Come see the violence inherent in the system. Well, never mind the silliness. Uh, tonight we have Jeremy Sizemer. Sim, sir. Sim, sir. God dang it, let me redo that one. <laughs> don't hate me, okay? Don't hate me because I'm... I don't hate you, I'm laughing. <laughs> Raffing? Tonight we have Jeremy Simpson with us from the lovely CW Universe and many more awesome shows that he was a storyboard artist for. So many different fandoms and loveliness that he has touched over the years. Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. Looking forward to it. All right. Let's, let's pack your name. <laughs> okay. Don't hurt me. You know, it's hard to edit if you don't give me a second or two in between things. If you just start maniacally laughing as soon as you're like, let's patch him in. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. I can do Tim Curry laughs all night if you want to. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> hey, Georgie. They all float. You'll float, too. Ah, ah, ah. Anyway. In spies. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, you get to do the outro. I'm tired of messing things up tonight. All right. One, <laughs> two, three. All right, guys, so that was Jeremy Simser. Uh, covered way more than I thought we would. We kind of went yeah. all over the gamut. Um his work is so cool to me, like being able to do that for a living and yeah, work on the stuff he's worked on. It's really cool getting to see the kind of, because we all know what a storyboard, is, a storyboard artist is, you know, quote unquote, but it's nice to actually get a better idea of what it is and what they do. It's really interesting. It's really cool to see how they can almost affect, or they do affect the direction of, of films and how they're directed. It's really awesome getting behind the scenes look like. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a great time talking with him. He's definitely going to come back on when we're not all so pressed for time and yeah. and get more in. I won't be so uh, Kevin Smith heavy, <laughs> but I mean, hey, he's our close. He's our six degrees of Kevin Bacon to a hey, different Kevin. Kevin. There you go. And degrees of Kevin Smith. There you go. Oh yeah, at this point, you probably could. All the things he's been in and done, yeah. But I'm coming up on uh, later this week. 
we have Matt Hawkins, who is the president of Top Cow Comics. Holy crap, that's a cool yeah. guest coming on. He's going to be talking about the Golgotha um, Kickstarter. Yeah, and we'll to talk about that one a little more. Most definitely. And then I guess what else is going on with Top Cow? Um, yeah. And then later on, uh, we will have the editor-in-chief of IDW around the end of the month to talk what's going on with IDW and Star Wars Celebration. He was there for the entire event, and IDW announced that pretty much immediately they're going to be releasing a all-ages Star Wars book. Um, so Yeah, I'm really interested to see where that goes and how that goes. That's a conversation yes. for another day. Yeah, and then after that, um, we're going to have one of the stars and the director for a Star Wars film called The Force and the Fury. Yeah, that'll be a fun one, too. Yeah, that'll be super fun to dive into something that could be considered the expanded universe of Star Wars. All right, well, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed that talk as much as we did. All the different avenues we took. It was a blast. It was. It really was. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, and I'm keeping this all in. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming up on the horizon. Um, the show's getting bigger and bigger. We'd love to get some reviews from you guys and and uh, follow us on yeah, Facebook at Building a Better Nerd. Um, check out the blog at Building a Better Nerd. Steps and some other awesome authors are always putting up content there that's definitely worth reading. And, uh, of course, us here, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes for The Happy Haven. Absolutely. You know where to find us. We love you. We Keep do. So show us you love us back, you filthy animals. <laughs> write, us, <laughs> write us a review. Uh, drop a line on any of the websites. And... Uh, We'd love to engage with you guys. If you guys have any guest suggestions or things you want us to talk about, definitely let us know, and, and we'll make it happen, Captain. Absolutely. You give us some topics, and we'd love to give you our opinions about them. As much Most, as me and, me and the gnarly canary here may differ from time to time. But, see, the world needs more where people can differ and still come together. So we're building an, you know, we're the example. Well, yeah, we, that's, that's how you make the world a better place. You discussion, debate, and growth, right? Exactly. Yeah, there you go. But thanks for tuning in, guys. Once again, Steps and Arlie Canary signing off, making the world a better place. One nerd at a time, guys. See ya. Bye. It's off.